Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? For the here and now, I want to start selling out Salah Stadium before we, we kind of jump ship over to the Aviva. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Yeah, what a show we have today. No John Duggan, but it's myself, Johnny Ward, uh, with Dan McDonald, Shane Keegan on Skype, and the man to my left uh, is Graham Gartland, who came to my mind as a as a kind of a budding uh, TV personality when I don't know what game it was. It was one, probably one of the Shamrock Rovers games away in Europe, and whoever was doing the commentary again, I should know this, but he said you you marked Henry Larson one time, didn't you? And you said, well, I wouldn't say I marked. I was in his vicinity for a game. You're in you're in our vicinity today, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, Helsingborg. We got oh, yeah. them. Yeah, we we drew one all with them at home. What was it like? Yeah, it was brilliant. Like mm-hmm. in fairness, it was the, the build up to it was great. It was on Daily Mount. We we used to play our yeah, I, I did both of the games home and away. Yeah, games, and they came over and there was a lot. There was a big Celtic contingent at the game, so it was split. It wasn't like it was an Irish team here. It was the they came out supporting Larson. Nothing I love uh, more than Irish Celtic fans following uh, Celtic against League of Ireland. I know that's and, what, and yeah, on, exactly. Anyway, but anyway, and that's what happened. But then we went over there and they had a they had a reputation of just blitzing. Blitz and the home team really I think they got to the semi-final that year and they came out in the first 30 minutes it was chasing shadows they just mm. blitzed us but he was um, he was exceptional he was best everything you, best you played yeah hands down um, no one came near him it was constant movement I was he'd work it in the 10 yard radius to the point where you are tired and not many strikers do that he, he was two or three movements four movements wouldn't get it spin back out show again never really had a go on anybody for not putting the ball in and he should the odd time he'd give them a little nod and say like here he kind of had humility or whatever as well he did he, he, he didn't really talk much um, like I, I think I was on here before and after the game I, I spoke to him and he, and he was really you know um, kind and what he'd done for me and I really appreciate it because they were quite the, the team came across a little bit arrogant that he said don't ask for jerseys after the game because we need them for the next round and we are like it's only one all uh, but they knew something we didn't. Um, <laughs> but it was it was probably the one time, and and, and we touched on this as well a little bit on, a, on, a, on one of your other shows that you're on, Johnny. How many shows I, I know. Like, yeah. We were talking about you're it was probably you have to narrow that down. I know. Clear. I know. Yeah. Just yeah, on your podcast when I done it with Paul, it was probably the one time Paul. Paul got, Doolan. If you haven't seen this, I mean Dan and I, it's probably our finest moment ever, and we didn't do anything. We just got Paul Doolan and one time defender Graham Barton together, and it, it just went well. It was a therapy session. It was me, <laughs> yeah. It was media, media gold, and um, <laughs> it was yeah. And then he, he, we probably just didn't have enough legs in midfield to compete with them that day, and it cost us a little bit, and we couldn't really get out. But they blitzed us. They went all the way to the semi final that year. They were excellent. I think their centre midfielder ends up signing for Parma, um, and they were right in the middle of their season as well because they they winter football, so uh, summer football as well. So um, yeah, we didn't. It was a tough gig. It was probably the most. It's probably the best European team we played against at the time. Um, even Kiev as well. They blitzed us more than Kiev did. Like they were, they were excellent, and what he was did, he was did, different class. What did Paul Doolan say in his pre-match analysis about Larson? He's just like, ah, he's he's got his frailties, you know. <laughs> no, he just said, yeah, I won't even do the accent, but he just <laughs> no, said, do the no, no, he said. Um, you, you gotta watch him. You watch him. He's clever. He'll run off you. He'll di- and then Not bad, he basically gave a list of all the things that he could do to the point where there was no weaknesses. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you want me to do here? Like, you know, Shane. This must have been like the Dundalk pre-match against Arsenal. Like, okay, well, if you if you narrow it down here, we've a chance. Like, you know, 
Yeah, it was uh, the the opposition analysis. I, I I really never thought I'd find myself sitting down to watch Monday night football as part of my opposition analysis, Johnny. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, and they were they were class on that Monday night as well before they played us. Um, so yeah, what do you do? Like what you know? There's not a whole lot. There's a, it's a far bigger body of work when you're going off to play fucking Sheriff Terrace Bowl or one of them than it is when you're playing Arsenal. Everybody knows everything they need to know really. Against the biggest problem with playing Arsenal obviously was you were at nothing trying to predict the start in eleven because you just didn't know how many first teamers they were going to put into it and how many you know how many backup players now. The backup players who were the backup players now are nearly all first teamers at the moment, and they're obviously they're absolutely flying. So it was, we did we came up against some fantastic players. I think I was telling you before, like like Chris Shields turned around at the end of the game and said he was giving Gabriella Martinelli his number one vote for the FIFA Player of the Year the following year because <laughs> he just just couldn't get anywhere near him. But sure, none of us, none of the players could get anywhere near him. It's still the the only game in Europa League history without a foul committed. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Just because we couldn't, Which just wasn't we couldn't a bad get close enough to kick him. To actually. I, I was, I was chatting to no, Joe about definitely this. Definitely not. I was chatting to Joe about this the other night in the studio here, Shane. We were watching like Smith Rowe score a goal for Arsenal, and I don't know. Do you watch him now and think, but oh, that's great? Like you know, he was one of the ones that. Like that was a sort of a he, he was sort of on the stabilizers at that stage really wasn't he he was sort of very just breaking in and he like he was uh, he, he's gone to another level since then he has he has in fairness but you could see it that's what I'm saying you could see it in him like the the talent they have I was watching I know we'll come back to the game today but watching the game today there I heard him saying that uh, Arsenal have two players under 21 now who have both hit double figures. It's the first time since they had since they had Henri and Anelka in the same team. I think it was that the that two players under 21 have, or they certainly said Anelka anyway. Two players who've hit hit it. And I mean, play, those players were were on the field against us. They were young fellas still coming through at that stage. But they look they look a class act as finished products now. Uh, Graham, do you know do you know Stephen Craig and do you, do you remember Stephen played for Motherwell and and Northern Ireland? Yeah, most own goals in SPL history or something. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I did my, just listening to you talking about Larson, I, I did my A licence with him up the north. I did my A licence with the IFA and uh, he was on it. And um, yeah, he he was talking very similar. The one he said, the one he said that he, he found the Larson to be best at was, you're watching him, you're watching him, you're watching him. And then he says, the ball goes out wide and for half a second, you take your eyes off him to readjust your body for a ball coming from wide. Next thing you look to gl- glance back and he's somehow gone about five or six yards away from you. And as you're looking back trying to find him, the ball's coming in over your head and he's putting the back of the net. Can you coach that, Shane? I mean, just look, we'll, we'll talk about the Man United-Liverpool game. We'll talk about Man United-Arsenal and we'll talk about Man United as we do every day of the week at this stage. <laughs> but like, the, the man is moving for the goal in the second half uh, the other night and these eye contacts and Maguire is kind of probably a bit all over the shop at the moment. But like, can you teach that? Ah, you can. You can coach movement in every single area of the field, Johnny. Definitely, definitely, you can. And now, I don't know. I don't know what Graham's take on it is, but I, I, I would wonder: do we actually do enough of it? You see, the problem is, when you know, with most teams, most teams now are are into at any level. Most teams find themselves probably playing more than one game a week, um, which means that you're kind of constantly preparing for the next game, and you're constantly working on. You're constantly working on the whole picture. If you get me, you're working on the team shape for the whole team, and it's hard to find. 
hard to find time in the week for working with specific players on specific things. Um, you know, there's no doubt taking taking strikers away and working on the repetition of, of the movements that they should be trying to do. Um, and look, they're you know the, the best are doing that. I'm looking, I'm dual screening here, and I'm looking at at, at City um, and Gabriel Jesus for the for the City goal has yeah, done Man that City one of some, against Watford. Yeah, and you you know that one of sometimes the best movement is not to move. Mm. Uh, the ball goes wide to Zinchenko, and everybody runs into the six-yard box, and he just stands, and and that buys him room. So I'm sure he's he's practiced that in the training ground, and that's how he's kind of developed that as well. But um, possibly something we don't do enough of, you know. The game during the week preceded the um, Man United's defeat to Arsenal today, Graham. Which, to be fair, I think you know, a lot went wrong for them today. Whereas against Liverpool, I mean, I, I don't I think in the <clears> history <throat> in the history of this tie, I don't know when there was such a gulf between the two teams as was evident during the week. Yeah, I I was actually commenting on it with my brother. I was watching it and I said to him, I, I, even during the 80s when Liverpool were flying, United was the one team that probably beat them. Mm. During the 90s, Liverpool, when United were flying, Liverpool generally gave them games. It was never never once as one-sided as I've seen it this season. They, they just capitulate against the big teams. I don't think they know how to play against them. Um, Man City and Liverpool have both tore them asunder um, the, the biggest thing for me when I'm watching the games when you see obviously United you know, are trying to play a certain way Liverpool are trying to play a certain way in the ball but it's Liverpool against the ball even when it doesn't work even when the press fails them or even when the teams play through them their design their, their recovery runs are by design Mm. The, 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 back, the back line run back in straight lines so that they cover in their own channel they give up shots or angles because they know that the, the likelihood of someone scoring from that angle isn't going to happen whenever United got played through the recovery runs weren't A good enough and they weren't by design you, they weren't thinking right they've got out now but we're going to keep them one side of the pitch and we're all going to shift across the, what, it, it looked like so disjointed and yeah and Dan like just the first goal as well that's, that's I think Shane put up a steal of it on, on Twitter the the shape of that Man United back line you, you, it's, it was actually hard to make up how bad it was yeah well, look, we were talking to Mark Lawrence during the week as well and it's it's a case of like I don't know. I was trying to ask. Like he was in the ground, and sometimes you can you can pause something on TV, and it can give you a certain, it can give you a picture at a moment in time, and I mean it can be a very accurate one. But you know, sometimes in the ground you can pick up more from it. But it did genuinely seem like a team that was conflicted about mm, what, what, what its role was, what it was meant to do. You know, like they were conceding different types of goals. Like at one point caught a little bit deep, but then another time, a couple committed. Just all over the place, and like it doesn't. And, and I know that there's a lot of. I'd, be, I'd have a lot of sympathy for Randnick, <coughs> I have to say, in terms of what he's inherited. But in saying that too, like you still think at a certain level a team will have a certain degree of that organisation that I think you have to take some criticism for it. Like, you know, you will see managers who can go in and, and if you're struggling and if you know you're not at it, you'll still find a basic sort of shape you know and that's to me at a very high and I'm sure Liverpool ask questions of you that other teams don't and they can pull you out quicker than other teams so you have to be conscious of that um, Is he out of his yeah. depth? I, I can't say I can't say that he's out of his depth Because there's I so much going on do you know what I mean? I, I think people I don't know that's a bit disparaging because he's had a, he's had a good career like at a good level and is regarded very well um, but but maybe he's just he's not he's not doesn't have the skill set to sort of fix you know fix what's wrong there and maybe that is out of its depth that's, maybe that's a polite way of saying it but um, maybe he doesn't have the authority either to sort of really to fix it to, to, to fix it you know and that's sort of the problem I'll tell you what Diaz Diaz doesn't get enough credit for the first goal mm. because he runs he he knows that he's going to be offside for the first one but he goes early 
He mm. goes early ahead of Jones, and then they know when they put when they put Salah in down the right hand side, he's back on side. Mm. Really, really clever play from from Diaz to know well this pass isn't intended for me, but I'm going to be offside, and now Jones can get back ground and he gets it happen. Really clever from Diaz. He's taken to the to the Premiership really, really well. So from that sense, it was really good play from him. But like you said, disjointed defending from from Man United. Just before we get to Man United, like Liverpool, what they've done this season to make this a title race, to be fighting wars in four fronts, um, and just the energy it must involve to keep producing, I, it's just insanely good. Yeah, like. I actually think like you said the narrative is around how bad United are at the minute mm-hmm. like when, when Liverpool were struggling in, in the two ta- or in the 90s and the 2000s what I don't remember it being this this much about Liverpool struggling and Man United, it was always about how good Man United were at Arsenal were and Man City coming so I think they, they probably do deserve a lot more credit I thought they were really harshly treated last season I have to say even to the point like Roy Keane saying they were poor champions I thought that was I thought that was a really poor comment at the time because I just thought they've lost basically the, the main the main centre back they've lost the whole centre backs Alisson's father died he couldn't get back to Brazil he was going through a lot it was lot Covid of, as well and yeah, they lost COVID, the Anfield factor they lost exactly they lost all that they lost the, like you said home fans and this year I think they've plumped out their squad really really well they've recruited unbelievably well in the summer and, and in January but they're, they're relentless at the minute and they're just going and going and I do think they deserve a lot more credit than they're probably getting because of the United stuff I, I think last season I think they were a bit exhausted as well yeah, I mean, the, absolutely the, the, the tempo which they operate and they had a couple of years at it with the title races the one they won the one they lost it went all the way and I think it just caught up in them mm. I, think, I think it did and like they've managed to sort of carefully they've refreshed their squad a bit in certain areas that they can take one or two out of the firing line where they couldn't before you know so no I don't like, they weren't bad champions definitely not but um, yeah. like they they definitely sort of ran out of steam yeah. and they're refreshed they hit a wall <coughs> like Shane Graham mentions the Roy Keane thing like the, the mirror has uh, the list of its top five red stories in the sports section this week oh, the t- we the, sorry the, 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 the top five stories I think the fifth one down was the reaction of people on social media to Roy Keane Keane's reaction from the game it's like sorry what are, what are you reading here like this is absolute mush this is a guy who hasn't played football in 17 years he hasn't managed in over 10 no, years he has that. nothing to do with this Man United team and you're interested more so than admittedly the story I was reading was who was going to be, be the new Athlone Town boss but um, it was like <laughs> so you're looking for a social media reaction to something Roy Keane Johnny. said all he said was he, it was sad Johnny, that's all he Johnny, said Johnny this is the second week in a row that you have brought up oh, Roy Keane on the show to complain about <laughs> you are like a broken algorithm right like <laughs> that is like there's something you are you God. are like a, a, like you know, modern internet has created somehow a person like you the person who complains about Roy Keane's stories going viral you've now introduced it to the show I, well in fairness I've who seen brought him up? sorry no, no Graham brought him up because he said they were bad champions sorry Shane go ahead Wow. And, he, and he mentioned that Roy Keane been in the hunt for the Athlone job Johnny in, in that piece, no? <laughs> I'd advise him not to take the job I think it's complex um, I think he's too big of a personality to deal with some of the personalities there um, but they certainly um, they weren't bad champions Shane and if, if Liverpool I don't have issue with the other stuff just so you what, know I just have an issue with I did, what other I stuff Roy Keane stuff yeah, Roy Keane. Okay, yeah. people reacting to Roy Keane stuff that's the way it is he's the biggest clickbaited personality in Irish football that's yeah. what but people put up stories on it because they know they're going to get reactions I'm not giving out about, yeah. the reaction that you just gave is what we yeah. want like, I, so I'm, then, I'm a broken algorithm but in fairness Shane they weren't, they weren't they bad were, champions no. and even if Liverpool didn't, don't win anything else this season they've had an incredible campaign I think 
I you know. Look, they have. They've, they've, they've been fantastic. And the fact that, they've, they, that the, even just that they've managed to make a race out of it, thankfully for all of us, you know, something that looked like it was completely and utterly dead. Um, look, I mean, the thing with them, Johnny, again, you can't but compare them to United and how chalk and cheese it's been. Like, the recruitment has just been, the recruitment has just been top notch. It really, really has. And the players he got um, rid of to an extent. The what, sorry? The players he let go as well to an extent. Like, he's just managed everything really well. He has, he has. And look, like if you go through their last half a dozen signings, let's say, I mean, you know, they're almost nearly all hits. You go through Manchester United's last half a dozen signings and they're nearly all, pretty much all misses. Like, um, even, even like I, I would not have seen Jota being as the success that he's he's turned out to be. I thought he was mm. good at Wolves, but I, I have to be honest, I didn't see him being, being capable of the levels that he's produced. Um, as Graham has said, like Diaz, not just the other day, he's been an absolute breath of fresh air around the place in terms of taking the pressure off the other bodies that are there and look Thiago's kind of current form is, is coming right at the right time I still I don't know I don't know if they're going to be able to catch him I just I find it hard to see City slipping up to be honest with you but what I what I would absolutely love is 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 a Champions League final between the two I just think it would be an incredible occasion it sounds more like Kevin Keegan than Shane Keegan there I, I would love it if they if they beat him <laughs> let's get that goal uh, at the Etihad it's 1-0 to City let's hear who got it Man City won Watford nil. A bright start from the champions as Gabriel Jesus scored four minutes in with what was City's first shot on target. Watford haven't looked comfortable since minute one. They've tried the best to sit off City's front three, desperately throwing tackles in, but are offering far too much space. It's been too simple for the Blues to simply pass around a defensive line, opening up gaps. Cancelo and Zinchenko are regularly overlapping for the passes. They know they're going to get them. It's been too easy for the hosts. And yet he had its Man City won Watford nil. Sometimes this stuff just writes itself. Kevin Keegan and Shane Keegan have the same surname. I mean, that would... I mean, I just wasn't predicting that. That was and the joke. Yeah, that, think, that's yeah. the joke. And while the ads were on, the, while you went to the, the Man City report, and you mentioned um, a, an intriguing game in, in the uh, League One. Um, League like, One is where it's at today, John. It is. In I'm, terms looking, of, I'm refreshing League One scores here all of the time. I mean, uh, there's a lot going on. Rotherham, Wigan, Rotherham are really, really wobbling here, and they're 1 0 down home to Oxford, who obviously have Luke McNally in their back line. And Mark Sykes playing too, yeah. Rotherham are 1 0 down. Like Rotherham at the moment are in, no, well, as it sounds actually, they're not because they're 1 behind, but they started the day in second place. Um, and they're 1 0 down at home to Oxford. MK Dons, but of course, Troy Parrott, Connor Coventry, Warren O'Hara are sort of poised to capitalise if they can. Um, but as you mentioned, Rotherham have hit the rocks big time. They're 1 0 down at home to Oxford. They were trying to get into the playoffs. So um, there's a lot going on in that division. And I mean, you know, you have obviously Ogbene at Rotherham, you have JJ Coyote at Rotherham, we have Georgia Kelly, as you mentioned, is in the squad for the first time on the bench. So. I mean, we'd prefer if we were talking about the Premier League and a stack of Irish players, but it, it just so happens that the League One promotion race is the most Irishized uh, sort of high-end battle in English football this season. And Dan has an article in the Indo uh, today, Obafemi too good to ignore as Kenny surveys summer plans. So we will chat about Ireland in the second half to show and Obafemi's form, obviously, Johnny, in the channel. Just plugging everything here, eh? just yeah. funny. Johnny Sorry, show, Shane. Dan's articles. Johnny, I can't... I can't let the moment pass without letting you know that I chose Kevin as my confirmation name. Because of Kevin Keegan. Kevin oh, yeah. Keegan. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. I think the first 
video collections of Halmi Da bought me Match of the Day. Match of the Day is greatest of the 70s and 80s. So, uh, yeah, it was even though I wasn't a, a Liverpool fan, Kevin Keegan was was one of the ones that I just thought was absolute class act. So, yeah, had to check that there was a, a St. Kevin. Once there was a St. Kevin, there was only one winner for the confirmation name. What's your confirmation name, Graham? Uh, Machu. Machu, after... Matthew Saint well, Matthew, Matthew. Well, Wes Hoolan has the, the best <laughs> one because Wes Hoolan's is Cantona that's right yeah I don't, I don't well, who think was he, that after? I don't think he checked if there was a Saint Cantona it just it, just, it got Dan, through Dan I have a close runner I'd have a close runner for that one you, you know Mickey Duffy's do you oh it's, it's, a, it's a Thierry isn't it Correct. Yeah, yeah, that came up before the game in Arsenal that it's <coughs> big Arsenal fan, so he's uh, Thierry. I presume you found some sort of. Uh, Must regret that after the handball. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Yeah. I assume there was some obscure Saint Thierry they were able to pluck out to get that one through to sort of the regulators. But Cantona now is um, that's definitely you know someone on the inside that's just got that sorted for you. To be Did honest, I see a know? photo of Cantona beside some Republican mural there the other day. Or that's right. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's getting around. Um, yeah, Dan, your confirmation name? I'm actually genuinely not sure what it is which is worse <laughs> we've gone from like <laughs> so that's that's not great I'm racking my brains there like it's yeah. not great I um, actually have a funny feeling it might be Shane bizarrely enough <laughs> but um <laughs> but I actually how do you call it how do you get a confirmation name Shane I, I mean, don't know it didn't, I, I, I honestly it wasn't, like Westerns. it wasn't, it wasn't like a big villain, yeah. it clearly wasn't a big uh, a big moment in my life like you know it wasn't like yeah. Shane Ritchie or something you know? um, <laughs> we just if, if Dan's, really liked the Daz ads yeah. at the time you know D- Dan's uh, father of course uh, nice. <laughs> pointed out a, a mistake I made which I actually didn't make last week did about make um, I didn't about he the did. first winner of the Grand National who was Sir Robert Peel Johnny said the police force was named after a horse just to be clear that's what you said last that, week that is not what I was implying anyway um, Mr. Um, Mr. McDonald uh, who I know very well um, Derek if you are listening in can you just clarify what Dan's confirmation name is Manchester City have gone 2-0 up against Watford the dream for, of Liverpool win of the league uh, is still alive but it's just getting a little bit of a dent going back to the game uh, the Liverpool Man United game um, and uh, you know the, 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 the demise of Man United how big of a rebuilding job does Ten Hag have um, are we talking years are we talking um, Raniak said said transfer windows. What did he I say? Three transfer windows. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. That's a year and a half. I I think it's longer. Mm. I think it's longer. How much of know? this though is 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 dependent on City and Liverpool basically losing their managers and and not being able to maintain what they're doing? Um, I still think there's room for. I still think there's room for another one if they get if if they get everything right. Um, I know Gary Neville is quite adamant and, and, and sort of animated about the behind-the-scenes stuff that he wants the, the, the Glazers to stop taking dividends out of the football club. I get that. like, But uh, there does need to be a systematic approach of fixing everything that allows the football department to shine. And, and if they don't do that, they're going to struggle. Ten Hag seems to be like the type of person he's methodical about what he does. He has a clear idea of what he wants to do, wants to do, but he needs to put people in place that that will do that for him and allow him to do his job. Then, like people go on about Klopp being the figurehead at Liverpool and and, and Guardiola at Man City and all, and but the people Guardiola, Man City put the people in place before Guardiola took the job. Mm. They had they were in there for a year, um, then he came in. His staff is through the roof. Every time you see them getting a picture taken, the, the staff is through the roof. So he has a lot of people around him. Klopp's the same. They bring in a lot of top-notch people and they let them do their job. You know you don't have that. You know you don't have the best in class throughout the job. So Ten Hag has a big job on his hands in terms of recruitment player-wise, but I also think in terms of staff-wise. Oh, because there's such a massive seems, football but it does, club. But it does seem like, and you're reading some of the reports, that the extent... 
like it seems like they just want him to be the coach. They don't want him to be the manager, which is sort of a distinction in the sense that they don't want him to be this powerful manager who like hangs over the whole club and and does everything. That they just want him to be the dressing room sort of coach who gives them a bit of the philosophy and stuff. And the interesting thing is going to be the recruitment around that like to what extent like and there seems to be quotes coming out from him this week or you know he's suggesting you know he he, he wants things his way or the highway and that type of thing but there's that slight concern you know that uh, will he be given the full influence and control if they're trying to sort of reboot the club in another direction Um, so that there would be a little bit of a, a warning sign with some of that stuff. I would have to say some of the commentary of what they're looking for him to do. It's great if they give him the full authority and support to go and do it. But um, you know, did they want someone who was going to come in and rock the boat and maybe ask them to change a lot of the other stuff with the club? That seems to be a sort of a debating point. If you got the job, Shane, Johnny, if you got the job, yeah, what yeah. would so if you got the job, what would you, what would be your absolute like? Um, these are there's no debate on this. I need A, B, and C, and I'm not talking about players here well I'll tell you the first thing I would do Johnny is I I think and I would imagine he has done this is like he has to talk to them about what are the realistic expectations Mm. and what are the timelines around those expectations I mean you've you've asked the question you've said how long would it take him to fix the club I think is the way you put like what what does fix the club mean like like how what is success? What do United fans deem as success from this man in the next two years, four years, six years? Like, if 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 fixing the club means winning a Premier Division title again, there's not a hope in hell that's happening in the next four seasons. There's not to me. There's not a hope in hell that's happening in the next four seasons. I really, really don't see because two because they have such a long way to travel to get their own house in order. Uh, but but more importantly, because they need the two that are ahead of them to to capitulate or fall away or combust in some way, shape or form. Like if you, I think that could happen though. Like if you look at Liverpool's reliance on some players, particularly Salah, obviously, um, who's getting a little bit older, things can change quickly. But it, it's at the moment, it's, it's surely reliant on that. Oh my God, we have a goal! I was, going, goal. I was going to go. For, I was going to go and get news of that second goal, which is an amazing City goal. But it's actually two one now at the Etihad Stadium. So back to you, Shane. Yeah, look, I know where you're coming from, but they need it to happen to to two clubs. Like, like mm. if you if you if you go back if you go back to our own situation here in 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 the League of Ireland, right? Like, you have to hand it to Rovers. Rovers over the last three year, three four years, right? They've done everything right. They've done absolutely everything right. But you could still make the argument that they potentially may not have won any league titles had Dundalk just managed to keep their own house in order and not capitulate as a club in, in the manner that they did. So you, you can do everything right, but you need you need a major, major helping hand from the rivals around you to help you close that gap as well. And if there was only one club they're hunting down well and good, but they're hunting down two that are miles ahead of them and another one or two in front of them that are quite a bit ahead of them, like for them to climb past all of those, I can't see that happening, in, in to be honest with you, in the next four years. Like. It is as well. Like it, it kind of annoys me, and I'm here, but it annoys me how much we talk about Man United considering how much of an irrelevance they've been in the title race for so long I think I think um, you just want to compete though Johnny like mm, I, I see, compete like, yeah like I think like, the Dundalk thing Rovers were going to compete with them for the next three or four years they would have gone toe to toe with Dundalk over the next three or four yeah, years yeah I think no it, 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 it probably happened earlier it, happened, it happened earlier because, because of, of the capitulation happened. but yeah. they, they beat them in a cup final when they won the league they were on for a double and Rovers beat them in a cup final they would have competed with them it would have been if it was a two horse race no problem let's fight it out United aren't even in 
in contention here. I do, so, hear, I do like, agree with you though, Johnny. Sorry that like <clears throat> so much rests on Klopp and Guardiola, and you can, it's hard to see either of those clubs going backwards, you know, dramatically yeah. while they remain there. But there's always that special event that can happen that all of a sudden one of them leaves for some reason. You know, something happens, they decide they want a new challenge that knocks that club back. Because I do think no matter how strong they are, but both of those clubs will have a setback when of course, that, yeah. when that manager leaves. And you know, you have to be ready. Be, they have to be ready. And as you say, like all the stuff you hear about their scouting and all this, I mean, it's miles off. Yeah. Like, well, you know, let, let's react to another Sky Sports pundit's comment because it was it did strike me that Graeme Sooner said none of these Man United players gets on that Liverpool team how many of them do you get rid of? How many of them I'd, I'd keep the, like? I keep the goalkeeper at the moment I don't think I don't think he's an issue I think they need two fullbacks I know they say Luke Shaw's he done really well the season before he's been injured a lot this season Do they need I, an entirely new back four? Yeah I, yeah I could go that far if you wanted I think Varane, I think if they, they need to get Varane fit I think if they got him fit he, they could build the back four or back three around him whatever then Hag wants to play they need it they need Jeez, look, <laughs> I'm going through it here, Johnny. It's hard, like because yeah, it's I, I always, what way they want to play, though, doesn't it? I, mean, I always that, feel the they need. I always feel they need a midfielder that can control the tempo of the game for them, rather to up the tempo or take the sting which out. They of, don't have, which they don't have. Michael Carrick done it. Was the last one that he had that done that. And if you had one of them and you put legs beside him, like people cock you. You mentioned Thiago. You mentioned. Um, Man City's midfield they've got legs like they get around the pitch they cover when the, when the fullbacks get out of the opposition team it's one of the midfielders that goes out to close them down and the wingers tuck back inside that they cover a lot of ground these midfielders nowadays and they're where I'm saying if you have a controlling midfielder with legs either side of them that can get up and down the pitch and get around the pitch and make an impact the game they need that <laughs> sorry are, are, we, are we going to go through the entire first 11 and say I wouldn't be keeping any of these players almost Cause well that's no. what I was going to say like who who would you hold on to like mm. what, what players what players that are there at the moment could you see as a regular starter in a team that wins a Premier League title? Maybe De Gea. De Gea. Varane. Mm. Sancho. Sancho, yeah. What do you make of Sancho, Shane? Um, yeah, it's, it's, look, I know it tends to be a regular enough thing with wingers, but it's just a level of consistency, isn't it? Because when he's when he is playing well, when he does play well, he plays very, very well. And you, you, you look at him and you go, this guy, this guy is, is capable of hitting real, real heights. It's just you're never 100% sure what you're going to get from him. Now, as I say, that, that tends to be wingers by and large. But yeah, I think with the right people around him, he is one who could flourish all right. Let's get news of that third goal at the Etihad Stadium. Man City 2, Watford 1 now. No one expected this one. A goal coming in from Hassan Kamara to throw a cat amongst the pigeons. It was a great counter-attacking move from the Hornets. The ball slipped forward from Dennis. Overlapping there was Kamara. Ran into the box, slipped it to his right foot and hit it low into the bottom right corner of the net. Past Edison. It's Man City 2, Watford 1. Yeah, and that was Adam Jury. Would you... If they got 200 million they're talking about... Right, so I know you went through who you wouldn't have before, but if yeah. you got two hundred million, would you go and splash it on three signings or look to bring in five? Yeah, see, I think five or six of thirty millions, and then go right. We're going to build them up. I see. I think it, the problem they have is that it's mad though. Look how much money have they spent in the last couple of years, and yet they've ended up in this situation. Like you know, ideally you'd think that you'd go and sign someone like 
Rice or someone and then say, OK, you know, that gives you something to build your team around. But I, I don't know. I think it, like my only point is, and I said, like with Joe during the week, Joe sort of appointed himself Manchester United manager and went through the whole squad one by one. Um, <laughs> But like my argument would be, like I was just saying, if Luis Diaz, who looks top class now, right, if he'd joined Manchester United in January, what would we say about him now? If he'd gone into like a club that was a shapeless mess, you'd say, oh, this guy, he's not up to it, or you wouldn't keep him. That's my point. I think Sancho, like if Sancho had gone into a completely different club yeah. in August, um, you know, like... Uh, but that's the know, thing they need so to they, fix, Dan, they, isn't it? They, that need, they need an identity to start with. And then you may find that certain players... You may find that McTominay could be OK yeah, there. Exactly, yeah. Like, you may, find that, you may find that Rashford might be OK if you're a team that plays in a certain style with speed on the break or something. So that... That, to me, is why maybe the squad, it's an astounding goal Man City have just scored. Oh, Rodri, what an, um, what an, what an, abs- what an absolutely gorgeous goal. It sort of helps when you've, if you were asked to name Man City, you know, 10 Man City players, you mightn't even name Rodri and he can still do something like that. I mean, that's like the squad depth. Yeah. It's a first-time volley from sort of 25 yards on the chest. The only slight worry is De Bruyne is picking himself, picking himself up off the ground a bit gingerly, Ce- which is a slight concern. Celebrating, but what an unbelievable goal. It's 3-1 Man City, Watford. Let's go to the ads. Yeah, Shane Keegan's just shared Darren Cleary's video video of Damien Duff from last night Dan had a video of, of Damien Duff actually getting sent off last night so uh, Damien Duff is getting um, he's just doing so many good things for the League of Ireland before we we'll talk about all of that in the second half of the show but let's hear uh, about that fourth goal uh, at the Etihad Stadium Man City 3, Watford 1, Rodri with an absolute rocket from outside the box. They thought the chance had gone. It was Jesus down on the right-hand side. He was trying to win the ball back from Cleverly. He managed to nick it back, played it onto the edge of the box. There was Rodri, brought it down his chest, struck it first time on the volley with the right footer that gave Foster no chance. Top left corner, it's Man City 3, Watford 1. Yeah, that's been an absolute dinger of a game. I'll just go through some of the scores um, whilst I'm here. Man City, um, obviously Arsenal 3, Man United 1. I preferred the old days, Graham, when we had like 10 games at 3 o'clock. Um, I have to say this five games, what are we, four games at 3 o'clock? Um, too much football on TV and so on and so forth. But maybe, maybe it's a good thing. Norwich City, nil, Newcastle 1. Um, amazing revival from them. And uh, obviously, Le- yeah, Leicester nil, Villa nil. Just on, on Newcastle, you're not probably not surprised that there is urgent under your old mate Eddie Howe, Shane? Um, yeah, I'm, look, whatever about the club, um, <laughs> I am delighted to see him. We've done sports washing. That was from him. half one to half two, actually. We've done that today. Yeah, that, that whole topic kind of bores me a little bit, if I'm honest, anyway. So, no, look, um, I'm deli- I, I thought he did a phenomenal job at, at, at Bournemouth. I really, really did, both times. <laughs> uh, phenomenal job at Bournemouth, both times round. And I think he's a very, very, very good manager. I think he has the potential to be the, the best of any of those English managers around. I know, obviously, Graham Potter is the one getting all the, the plaudits at the moment. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what he can... Uh, what he can do there with with obviously the resources that are going to be made available to him over the next couple of seasons i'm actually not sure while i think he's a great manager i'm not so sure if he's the right fit for the job that's on hand there because like inevitably what are they going to be signing over the next few years they're kind of going to be signing you know high profile mercenary type signings like the initial city ones like your Rabinos and this kind of stuff um, whereas to me Eddie Howe strikes me as the kind of manager that's more about you know the collective and working together and working hard and all of that kind of thing I think he's going to have a difficult job in his hands over the next few years because I think you'll see some strange characters potentially land at that club well, you, you, know? you seem to be like um, putting all these like kind of Arab owners into one boat here maybe the Saudis have a more nuanced approach to the whole thing 
maybe they maybe they just I'd look at what Man City have done in the last few years and go, well, success leaves crumbs, and just go, well, we're not going to sign mercenaries. We've learned from your mistakes. Mm. Clever person learns from other people's mistakes, and he can go in and say, well, we have a manager that wants unity. We're going to bring in players that aren't just here for a wage. Well, and, and maybe they can, like you said, we, we I, I agree. I, I know what Shane's trying to say with where he that type of personality that he's he might struggle with lads who. D- obviously don't want to be there or only there for financial reasons so but he's in charge of who signs them so make sure you're signing the right characters for your team you'd know all about League of Ireland academies are involved with the underage Shamrock Rovers but I do believe Newcastle are putting a lot of stock into their academy now as well and their underage teams uh, it's, listen it's a big thing Man City have, have done it as well Liverpool have done it Liverpool have sold more young players for and made profits off them in the last five years than mo- most people realise like mm. nobody leaves there for free Liverpool, Man United you know, done it all through the 90s uh, and the 2000s because of obviously off the back of the class of 92 so it's a way of getting players into your team that in the end like Trent Alexander's worth ridiculous amount of money he come through the youth setup um, it's a way of getting financial gain from your players that you might just fall short or you can sell them on but also improving your team that if if players come in and they end up into your team they're going to make it stronger as it is now Dan Newcastle are in the top half yeah like I mean it's not a particularly nice project. I know Shane says he's bored by the sports washing, but I think Shane is the problem here. He's, he's like Shane. It's the likes of Shane. It's like the likes of Shane and Tyson Fury that are the problems here. Not my issue. You can't get. You can't. It's, maybe it's repetitive, but you have to keep making the point. Like yeah. mm. you know, and you see, you see the point. You see the photo during the week of uh, Stavely and a couple of the staff or the the various owners and stuff, and you're just looking. Oh God, you know they're trying to build some kind of sort of a siege mentality almost. That actually, you can see it going on in some of the even some of the media stuff that like uh, oh, this London media these people asking questions you know trying to build get, get people all rallied behind them you know up in the northeast because we've been forgotten for years and let's you know it's almost like they've targeted a club that has a sort of a desperation for a bit of success and that makes them more inclined to like turn a blind eye to their sort of background and I know every time we talk about this you get into what about about other clubs in Man City and of course there's a lot of valid points there um, but I actually get you housed in a sort of a Delicate, delicate situation because I don't think the sports washing questions are going to go away. No, um, I don't think he handles them particularly well. Um, is there a good way to handle a, them, Dan? No, probably not. But he is going to get chucked overboard at some stage. Absolutely, it's a stone cold, raging certainty <coughs> that that will happen at some point. Unless he leaves. Well, um, uh, yeah, no, that won't happen. I don't think. And you know, he has to obviously be careful about how he sort of manages that over the next couple of years because that could be damaging for for him. So um, it's interesting. He has a great reputation as a coach um, but I was listening to uh, Keith Tracy um, Keith Tracy's uh, on the Under the Cosh podcast well worth very, listening to very 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 good listen um, he, uh, and I'd say Keith was difficult to manage but he would probably portray a slightly different image of uh, some of Eddie Howe's man management skills and I think um, as Newcastle go up the ladder and sign a, probably a higher calibre of player, I think more questions are going to be asked by that. So I'd be, I'd be slightly. Uh, I'm not so sure already how it's going to be in a couple of years' time. To be honest, I wouldn't be so sure. Shane. Yeah, well, they, in a way, Dan is agreeing with me there in that I'm not sure it's the right project for him. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think he is going to end up 
with some of these players it'd be great if they do what as, as Graham has said it would be brilliant if they learned the, the lessons of, of, of those who've gone before them and, and, and wasted money on mercenaries but I, don't, I wouldn't have a huge amount of faith in it like is he really going to be the person who gets to say who they sign and who they don't sign um, there's probably questions around that so look it probably is a case of when it comes to an end with Newcastle because that, you know that could be six months time that could be three four years time how does he manage to get out with his reputation still in in, in decent act you know Sean Dyche's um, departure from Burnley they did a massive win during the, the week against Southampton does the end justify the means of this say up it will yeah because of the financial gain or mm. rewards you get from staying in the premiership like but that's it's football is just ruthless it's one of the, it's one of the most ruthless sports you can have where bottom six teams have all got rid of their manager this year yeah it's and you've even seen it with I think Martin Russell lost his job Ian Morris lost his job it, mm. there's no stability in it and it's it's so tough because it's cutthroat and you're answerable to people above you who some of them don't understand football at times but they're making business decisions as well and, and you have to accept that because ultimately we're in a football game and they might be in the business game so it, it, the two of them sometimes don't mix that too well and they're making decisions but for what he's done for the club and what and what he's like he's kept him in the premiership the last so many yeah. years he's been excellent like and what were your thought process Dan as, as I don't know do you think it just probably just ran out ah, like, I, I, I still think it was a harsh decision but I have to admit I watched him during the weekend Southampton I know Southampton are probably in one of these clubs that they might be on the beach already and you know they, they sort of they, they won it comfortably but when you look at the fixtures they've got a good chance so the end will justify the means if they yeah. stay up but if they go down they won't come back easily that's the thing like they have to stay up but I think if they go down I think they'll potentially struggle do you think you know? he would have brought them back up if they went down oh, I think he probably would have yeah yeah I that's what I'm saying I think like that, and that's the thing if you look at you're the hedging top, your bets if you look at the top the yeah they are like if you look at the top end of the championship now like you, your sweet spot is when you come down and if you stay beyond the season then you get sort of trapped in mm-hmm. or two seasons so like you've got Fulham coming back you know you've got Bournemouth um, didn't happen from last season Norwich they're, they're close on the way back it. Norwich constantly do it even Sheffield United after a, a, a mixed season have met a late charge and potentially can end up yeah. in the play so um, it's West Brom were the slight exception this year that you would have expected to do that but then they've changed manager twice so that's the thing Like you would have thought with Dyche would have stayed up and it's possible they ran out of road and it's possible that we overreact and say well he did a great job there and maybe if you're in the corridors of the club you would know maybe it's mm. gone a little bit stale and they're going down anyway so you, you roll the dice but I mean they had beaten Everton around 10 days previously he made, he made a couple of strange comments afterwards about you know the Everton dressing room and yeah. that was probably slightly ill-advised but in saying that you can't be reacting to things someone says in the media I mean it's practically irrelevant really unless it's something really serious But so maybe they got some vibe behind the scenes that things weren't great um, but they have a chance of staying up now Like, I, I, mean, that, yeah. I mean that could be a big point for Everton the, the Richardson goal during the week but you still look at Everton's fixtures and you think Liverpool coming mm, yeah they could, they could be on a sticky wicket who would you um, like of the two Shane if it comes to a battle who do you want to go down Everton or Burnley oh <laughs> James Cole and Nathan Collins and so on it's probably yeah. better for Irish football than Nathan Collins stays mm. up is it 
normally to be honest with you normally I'm looking at battles down there and because you know because you might have a fondness for different managers down there you're going oh geez, I wouldn't you know I really wouldn't like to see them go down or, or I really wouldn't like to see the alternative go down either this time round it's probably the other way around I don't think I'd shed a tear <laughs> I don't think I'd shed a tear for either to do them um, Johnny I, I, I do think that Deich I know I don't know if he can actually if he can fully get behind this sentence but I think he learns, I, I think Deich had earned the right to take them down and have a crack at bringing them straight back up does that um, exist does that even exist like look, earning it probably the right doesn't, and that's what I'm saying that's mm. that's why I pre, you know that's kind of why I preempted mm. what I said I don't know if you can necessarily earn that right but like the job he has done there over the years has been absolutely fantastic and and I, I think that should have I, I felt that should have bought him the right to 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 have you know go down and, and have a proper crack at, at coming back up and fair enough if you're halfway through the following season it doesn't look like happening then maybe you pull the trigger on them um, but I, I was dis- really really disappointed to see them pull the trigger now look if they stay up then you know everybody has to per- I, I hold my hand up everybody has to hold their hand up and say look great call well done you, you obviously didn't know what you were doing after all um, but Everton yeah, Coleman. Look, I've said it so many times on this show. I absolutely adore Seamus Coleman, and 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 uh, that alone would probably mean yeah that I'd I'd like to see you know Seamus Coleman goal on the last day of the season, keeping Everton up. What a glorious what? <laughs> moment that would be. Graham, as a centre half, what do you make of Collins? What's your yeah, I, li- I really like him. I do. I watched him. Pl- I remember I've seen him play when he was a kid. He, was, he scored a header up a roadstone against there in the 15s, and I thought he was a real powerful boy. That was Cherry Orchard, was it? Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. he actually reminded me of another centre back that I would have played with. It was called Paddy McCarthy oh yeah he reminded me a lot of him he was very dominant anything around 10 yards of him you know he came and he came and headed he was really really dominant he had a personality about him where he was he knew he was dominant and he, he dominated his own team and he dominated the opposition and I thought has something about him this mm. um, listen he's a great football family as well so he's going to know the game and he, you can tell he carries himself like that but he's hit the he's done so he's done really really well I remember hearing Stoke were from and going that would suit him going there mm-hmm. and then he's obviously with Stoke struggling it suited him because he ends up getting in and playing then and then once you get a run of games it's weird I used to do a lot of scouting and I used to do a lot of work for uh, different companies when I was um, finished at, at, at Dundee and what would happen was if a kid started playing young it goes round and everybody flocks it's mm. if it, an alert goes up as if there's an eighteen or there's a seventeen year old kid here that's gonna play in the first team, get to go and watch him. So I would I would turn up to watch games and the scout off Rangers or Celtic would be there and I'd go, Who are you watching today? They go him. He's gonna he played in the first team last week. He's playing here in the reserves, you have to watch him because the report goes in because everybody's looking for who's breaking into these force teams early he, he does he does have that sort of open to manipulation that system though isn't yeah. it yeah. you throw a couple of 16, 17 year olds in to sort of fatten the calf and sell yeah. them effectively 100% you know? but what like again that's how these teams stay and keep their pro because they're going to mm. sell them to bigger teams and the bigger teams take them put them in their 23s or the reserves but the club then that they're buying them off is able to fund the force team then and that's the way, that's yeah. the way football's been Let's just go to uh, the halftime at Norwich uh, v Newcastle. I'd like everything to go down, by the way, just in case. <laughs> Let's go to Norwich. 
Norwich nil, Newcastle 2. Couldn't have been much worse as far as Norwich are concerned in a match. They had to win, really, to keep any dreams of staying up alive. They had two wonderful opportunities to take the lead. Both fell to Keir and Dowell, but he managed to miss both of them, putting them over the bar, particularly the second one looked easier to score. Joe Linton showed him how it was done. One fabulous finish after Murphy and Willock had brought the ball clear. Uh, it fell to him. He had to readjust his footing, but slammed the ball into the top corner, right-footed. Then it was uh, Murphy threw on goal again, set up by Guimera's fine ball. He saw his effort saved, but there was Joe Linton following up to tuck it home left-footed. Norwich nil, Newcastle 2. We'll also just recap on the half-time at the Etihad. Man City lead Watford by three goals to one in an all-action first half that's thrown up its fair share of surprises. Gabriel Jesus broke the deadlock four minutes in and he made it two with a header on 23. Watford have offered little going forward and have been under immense pressure, but out the blue they pulled one back on 28 through Hassan Kamara. Any hope of a comeback was dashed six minutes later when Rodri unleashed an emphatic volley from outside the box. As it stands, City are set to go four points clear at the top. Half-time at the Etihad to Man City three, Watford one. Yeah, I was going to ask Dan how far Nathan Collins has to go. Where does he fit in the overall scheme? things in this amazing uh, abundance of talent we have at centre back but we'll get to that after break as well as his article about Obafemi where is he in the uh, pecking order with Ireland full time at Corrigan Park and from 10 points Cavan 120 that was a game that was a 1 point game at half time and ends up being a 12 point uh, 13 point game uh, rather um, at the death and we will keep you up to date with uh, the scores across uh, the divisions uh, in England as I said there are 4 games taking place um uh, sorry, three games taking place now. Leicester nil, Villa nil. Manchester City three, Watford one. That's been a bit of a topsy turvy first half. Um, I've had a bit of a rally from um, Watford, but it's three one. It's been a really good game and two nil to Newcastle over Norwich City now two nil. Um, and uh, they're just kind of cantering up the table. We'll keep you up to date with the scores um, of Irish interest as well, the Championship and League One. And uh, as Dan mentioned, that fascinating game um, between Rotherham and Oxford United is now. One all, oh, so yeah. Rotherham got one back down. They did, they've equalised. Uh, right, 45 plus three. Right on half time. I see Ronan Curtis has scored for Portsmouth as well against Gillingham. He scored two actually. He's, he's scored two today, but um, they're a little bit. He's even more out in the cold than Obafemi. They're a little bit off the pace, yeah. So. Um, Dan mentioned this just. Uh, Obafemi's not out in the cold. Uh, he's not out in the cold, he's no. not in the picture at the moment. No, he, he was, he was, he was. I mean, we've had this discussion before. Yeah. He, he was being called into the last squad, but he signed himself out of it. Yeah. Which is the, which is the difference, because, I mean, Russell Martin was even quoted about this, that, that Kenny had spoken to him. So I think Obafemi was in the plans for March, but because he'd never played regularly, this is the first season of his career where he's avoided hamstring trouble. Um, he didn't want to come in at that stage. And Stephen Kenny then said, um, that could cause you problems in terms of getting back into my squad for the summer. Um, but I was writing about this today. I think, I think I understand why Kenny would have that approach. And I think his relationship with Obafemi has always been maybe they haven't got off on the, on the right foot, going back to even 21s and then um, Obafemi sort of lashing out when he wasn't in his first squad with an emoji but, was but it? I know he, he, he I think he called it disgrace and then right. he deleted that and then it was interesting 
um, misspelled, but it was interesting nonetheless. Um, and <laughs> was it interesting or it was, it was just that? Listen, I mean, listen, I mean, honestly, like you know, there for the grace of God, like on our so, podcast, we're trying to get rid of the word oh, interesting. I know, we need yeah. something yeah. I know, but, how we spell but that was a tweet from Obafemi at the time. So, we, like, Kenny at his first squad announcement as Ireland manager is facing questions about um, a player seemingly passionately reacting to a squad. But I gotta it, just interrupt you that, there, but at that stage, Obafemi had no reason to be unhappy. Yeah. Whereas now he's playing extremely well in Sw- with Swansea in the championship and I, it's a good case for being in the squad. Yeah, and we, we will go back to it. I, I'm not even sure they'd actually return from the commercial break here when Jesus is effectively brought down by Foster. Um, what's this going to be, Graham? I think it's a penalty. Definitely yeah. a penalty. Is it a red card? No, it's not. It's, not, someone on the line. it's not double jeopardy. So yeah, uh, so this is likely going to be four-one um, to Man City. Um, th- there's no doubt whatsoever that um, we we'll just actually keep for have killed themselves here. That some of the yeah just coughing the ball up all the yeah. time. So that's the second one they've just copped off in their own. Paul Doolan wouldn't have that. It's interesting. There's real chat about Jesus could be in his last Arsenal. lap at Man City and mm. um, making way for Haaland effectively. Um, he's having a great game today yeah yeah. he is just stepping up to potentially make it 4-1 um, got a bit cold did you Shane put the hoodie on I'm telling you it was a, a lot colder than the thought it is around the place in the morning Graham um, yeah we'll, we'll update you on the penalty um, the Obafemi one is interesting I'll say it with you Shane actually interesting be- yeah. because um, it's actually very interesting <laughs> um, it's it's uh, it's an intriguing phase like Obafemi's form for Swansea is clearly at a level that he's he's, he's, he's like not only is he, should he be in the squad but there's a case to be made that he should be actually nearly fighting to be on that Ireland team yeah, he'd be coming from a long way back in the pack. Like, just because he's doing well for for a club level doesn't necessarily mean like is he the right fit? Is he the right fit for the way Stephen is trying to play? I'm not, I'm this not a hundred percent sure if he would be. Look, he has been good. He has been good. There's no doubt about it. Um, but you'd wonder that relationship now. I'd say is 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 not the best on the back of everything. You know, Dan is talking about there. Um, I don't know. I I I can't see him being involved during the summer. I think. I think he's more of a the way like he's more of a fit now than he was previously. I mean, Swansea are playing with a sort of a back three now. It's interesting. He's playing as the interesting bloody hell that word. Um, he's he, journalist. Do we he, not have anything in our vocabulary that isn't interesting? Well, as, I mean, the word it's is. It's always say oh, it's an interesting game. It's yeah. an interesting topic. You're making an interesting, point intriguing, actually, fascinating, whatever. But um, he is the central striker for Swansea in that sort of three-four-two-one that he is playing. And I think Kenny had spoken previously about. Obafemi playing as a lone striker he's not one that's going to sort of you know run down the sides like like sort of Adam Ida but I think there is an argument that in some of those games in Dublin that Ireland have played where they're playing a little bit more in the opposition half um, and they are playing with that system that maybe his movement around in a front three could actually have a real role to play and he does have pace as well you know and that's a big attribute that Ireland I think lacked and Ogbeni gave them that so I would have said he didn't fit into the way Kenny was wanting to play, but I'm not so sure about that now. I think he's definitely... I think there's a real case for him being in the squad, but I don't know. It seems like the relationship has been complicated, but I mean, if he doesn't come in this summer off the back of an uninterrupted season, uh, when is he ever going to come in? It almost feels like it, it has to happen this summer, or if not, then 
surely, surely Steve, Stephen likes players. to stick with players he trusts and he does yeah you know, he, does. He, get, he builds that relationship with them that trust with them that relationship with them and if, if, if it's any way frayed he's going to go with lads that he feels he can trust and, and at the moment he's probably a little bit on the outside of that yeah no, I think he'll need to come in in the summer a good camp a long time yeah. together to iron out any difficulties because yeah. if he doesn't um, all the subsequent gatherings are going to be shorter and sharper and of course um He's who's just scored for Swansea who has literally just scored for Swansea to equalise against Middlesbrough Dan yeah, well I mean it's not Ryan Manning obviously it's, uh, <laughs> no, it's Michael Obafemi who scored that's his 11th goal, goal of the season that. that's Ryan, the radio lads he scored Ryan Manning it's just it's all <laughs> the, 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 the communion we still haven't gotten your confirmation name it's actually, actually. my family WhatsApp group is, is there's a massive debate no one actually knows what it is really so there we go yeah Catholic Ireland is dead Shane, and gone. Shane or Carl but um, Carl <laughs> I think it was after the guy in the Simpsons <laughs> Lenny was the other option yeah. but, 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 um, he's Lenny <laughs> he's definitely Lenny um, no but I, I I don't know. He's I think he's the top Irish scorer in the championship now. And the thing is, he's got eleven. Go- there for he's got eleven goals this season, but he scored ten of them since February. Like I mean, this is a run of form that I just don't know. Like I mean, it is a higher level than League One. Obviously, it's a, it's yeah. a level up. And I I do I mean I do sort of see what Shane's saying as well. I think sometimes when it comes to Ireland debate, it can be too simplistic. It's like oh he's playing there and he's scoring there and like as though you have to change your squad all the time and react to club form. This is well, like, I do agree with that, but I do think as a striker you can always have room is, for an informed striker yeah, but completely you know? is it a help that like Ryan Manning's actually playing his, I think he might be playing left wing back today Saris Christie the other wing back is it a help if you bring over Femi into the squad and say well Ryan Manning is here this is your club mate you know, you know there, there might be a, a slight doubt about his attitude so if he comes in and Manning's there well listen I would say that Kenny the, went out of his way yeah. in March to say that he had a chat with Obafemi he thought he was very sincere they were the words he used and in fairness to Kenny as much as I completely agree with Graham and like he even know better, you know, like he is very sort of likes to work with a smaller squad and loyal. I don't think Kenny would have used those words if he didn't believe it, if you know what I mean. I don't mm. think he would have said if the conversation that, that Obafemi was sort of um, flippant about it and then Kenny comes out and says it's sincere. I don't think Kenny would play games with that. Yeah. Um, and I think Russell Martin said similarly that Obafemi is desperate to play. But in a way, then, there's no reason why he shouldn't come in this summer. Adam Eid is out, you know, so Absolutely. really. If not now, then then when? And um, this is all brought to you by Sky. Don't miss Chelsea versus West Ham on Super Sunday, live only on Sky Sports. Um, I love how you do those reads, Johnny. Really yeah. Enthusiastic. <laughs> Sorry, like my, my entire job could Are you come Are you doing the commentary yeah, on that as well? It's a different well, intonation the commentary on that as well. <laughs> Just because you're Mr. Big Time Charlie. Uh, Com- the only reason you got into the commentary was because they were stuck for somebody. Um, in, <laughs> in the pandemic, they started showing games at all the clubs. So they'd all these like two Bob characters at each of the clubs coming up doing Shamrock Rovers by the way Bob. you've been very good <laughs> so I have to say Dan he has made an impression he has been very good Johnny he, yeah. he mixes like football knowledge and a little bit of uh, I suppose a little bit of humour Shane Keegan's thrown in a bit of personality Johnny that's never what goes, you want never goes wrong there's too, too many people playing a deadpan Graham, Graham throws in a bit of personality not in the Joey no, not- they replaced you no, you're not, Joey. They replaced you with Oscar Brennan last night, did they? Ah, uh, no, I don't do the away games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I in both TV last night, effectively, yeah. 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 How, what do you make of the Ireland's um, picture at the moment? What do you mean the Ireland picture? The, like, what do you make of the Ireland situation? Like, are you bright? Uh, are you enthusiastic yeah, about us going now. forward? Yeah, I, I was. Then when, like this time last year, if I yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I, I knew. Obviously, you're trying to try and change the style of play, and I get that. And um, I know what Stephen's trying to do. I know what the, the coach are trying to do in terms of 
being more expansive on the ball and having control of the game by having control of the football I get that my gripe probably 18 months ago was that you can still do that and be defensively solid and at the time we weren't I remember speaking to Dan about it about speaking about them having a lack of sort of um protection in front of the back three and, and, and they were mm-hmm. a little bit open at times when, when that happened and the goal against Luxembourg summed that up I think at home but I think they've sorted that I think they've recognised that you can still be good on the ball but defensively you can get back into shape and build from there and and I think I was at the Belgian game I thought after the first half hour I thought the first half hour I thought Belgium were really good yeah, now, yeah, I have yeah. to say I was, I was sitting there going this could be a long day but then they got a hold of the game a little bit they got further up the pitch they squeezed the game they pressed when it was on to press they dropped off when, they were, when it was on to drop off so I, I am a little bit more enthusiastic about it over the last six months I have to say we're centre back what's your back three centre what's your preference in the front we've an abundance of options Um. I like I like when I like I like when you play a back three. I've been on the side of this as well. It's okay to have a full back as one of your back mm-hmm. three because when when you do roll, when you do slide into an area into a wide area, it's one of your centre backs that actually goes out and engages. So I've no problem with a, with a full back in there, and I think Coleman bring that that experience. I like Nathan Collins, um, and the the Kerry lad that's one of. Long, yeah, John Egan. John Egan. Egan. Sorry, I like, John, a, cor- a cork slash carry. Yeah, I like John Egan yeah. as well. I do feel that maybe eventually it might be Nathan Collins that takes the middle one. Okay. Eventually, because I do think he gives you a bit more recovery pace in that position. That if you are going to squeeze up higher, he probably will be a little bit more mobile than Duffy. Where is he eventually in the pecking order? Now? The, I see the pecking order is very confused because I mean, Amoma Badele was coming in there and then he's. Had a, he's got a long-term injury. Yeah. Darrow Shea was a starter, a guaranteed starter, and then he had a long-term injury. Mm. I think Kenny likes him still. Um, I think he just likes him in terms of his passing and stuff as an option. Um, because in terms of the summer, you see, you have this situation where Matt Doherty is out. Yeah. So uh, you, you, probably, back, you probably do put Coleman wing back. wing back. Although, I, w- I mean, I can't see Seamus Coleman playing four games in 10 days at wing back either. Um, so they'll have to sort of figure out um, what to do with that right wing back um, position and will it be someone you know will he bring back Cyrus Christie or will it be Danny McDamara at Millwall is having a very good season um, or will it be one of those defenders that we mentioned that you try it with Darrow O'Shea or something I think the picture is actually very hard to figure yeah. out the, the pecking order I'd like order. to see I actually Egan is a certainty Egan will always play right? yeah. so Egan is, is, a, is a nap and he can play in probably any of the three positions I think Duffy is probably a certainty at the moment um, and it feels like it'll actually be Coleman in some games and one of the younger lads in another game um, but with Coleman out of the equation um, yeah, may- maybe it's between Darrow O'Shea and Nathan Collins in the short term for that third spot but longer term yeah I mean you could you could have any Collins number will play. of Collins will play in the, if like you said if they move Coleman Collins will play cause the right at, three. he's playing yeah. at a higher level at the moment he's, he's doing really well like you said he'll play and he's done really well in the game in the home game mm. I'd, I'd love I'd love us to have a natural left forward centre back yeah. I'd love it I'd, I think if I think that's why I'm disappointed a little bit for Liam Scales this season because I thought if he had it done Roy Manning's been playing there for Swansea yeah, I know, yeah. yeah Sean McLaughlin as a whole is yeah. a left footer yeah. but it is true there is that little bit of a mm. balance it, it, issue it does because you do need him to go out into that wider area to start the game and and especially when you're switching the play it flows a little bit quicker through a lefty like, you know. is, it, is it straightforward who we pick uh, left wing back um, did Manning do enough to say he's some sort of a chance in the Lithuania game or um, 
Who do you, who's your preference? You're still a, Stevens, you would have thought, and McLean. It's going to be between them. Still. Yeah, but again, you, once they're pushing to play, that's the big thing. Like, mm. So you're keeping the players in front of you, honest and hungry. And like James does a great job there that you think, well, that that's his position because you know he's going to run back for you, but you know he has the ability to stay wide, hook the line and get crosses in. I, I do think sometimes we you need him a little bit attack at the back post because he's actually quite good in the air. James, like that, you'd like to see him be a threat in there. Um, but it's his at the moment. I think the lads who are in their positions at the moment, it's probably theirs. But the the lads coming, like Manning, I know Stevens has done a good job there as well. But they need to just keep pushing to make sure that there's a, an honesty around the squad. Brought to you by Sky. Don't miss Liverpool versus Everton on Super Sunday. It's a massive game for Seamus Coleman's Everton as well. And um, you just see if Liverpool can you know continue their great form. Um, but they will need to because there has been a sixth goal at the Etihad. Manchester City 5, Watford 1, Gabriel Jesus with his fourth goal of the afternoon and it was all the work that he had presented that made it possible. The counter-attacking move from City was so quick, so swift. The Brazilian moving forward into the box, laid it to the right-hand side for De Bruyne who gave the quick give-and-go. First-time strike from De Bruyne, bottom into the left corner of the net from Jesus. It's Man City 5, Watford 1. Yeah, that was Andori. What Ireland would do to have some of the attacking talent, Shane, that Man City have, but like uh, I guess um, the Troy Paris uh, renaissance has been timely for Stephen Kenny where do you stand on I don't know what, what, where, where do we go with these kind of strikers they're all trying to kind of make their name I suppose yeah, look, I've, I've, I've said it before that I, I just think it's going to be absolutely fascinating tracking the timeline of um, Obafemi, Connolly, Ida and Troy Parrott. I think watching their careers almost like a almost like a horse race over the next over the next 10, 15 years as to who goes to the front and who drops to the back. And, and I, I think you'll see them swap positions so, so many times. I don't think it's clear cut that one is is destined to, to, to have the best career and, and another is destined to maybe struggle I think they'll chop and change a hell of a lot um, Parrot has, has forced his way back into the, into the picture that's for sure with, with, with what he did um, I don't think he, I don't think it'll get him I don't think it'll get him a start um, I think he's he's probably looking at another one or two rolls off the bench and, and trying to make one or two more big impacts as a sub before he'd really really push for it um, I mean those three at the moment what are we looking at? I mean, it's a Bene, it's Callum Robinson. I think the two of those are are nailed on, and it's what he decides to do with that third one. Parrot will be in and around the pecking order for that, but I'd I'd be surprised to see him start. Yeah, just um, obviously with the strange situation of um, where Benny kind of was playing wing back uh, for you know rather in the cha- in the League One, and Kenny was saying Dan that like oh we see him as a, a strike, whatever. Festia Baselli was another player who could fit into that position. Very interesting comments. Um, in terms from Wayne Rooney I think was it um, there was an interview with um, one of the Ireland players his, his derby teammate um, Jason Knight Jason Knight basically was asked do you think he's moved to Italy to work out and he said I don't know um, now he's basically out of favour with Wayne Rooney at relegated derby and there just seems to have been a question marks about his attitude 
Well, no, I think what it seems to be the case there is that they're not chuffed about the decision that he's taken. Um, they seem to be somewhat sceptical about it for whatever reason, because um, it's Udinese and maybe the links Udinese have had with mm. Watford mm -hmm. and they sort of uh, so you don't have to read too far between the lines to see that that's effectively what it's about and I'm not sure if there's any suggestion about his attitude they just think he's got bad advice or made a bad decision that's effectively what it is um, I think the time yeah the, the fact that it was it was announced you know when you're in the midst of a relegation battle yeah. which is probably poor as well but I don't think it's an especially big issue because Derby unfortunately were re getting relegated probably with or without him and he would have been then moving in the summer anyway so it's not something that you know I don't think there's any big drama really around it I, 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 the bits I saw of him this lad is absolutely rapid and like is more than good enough to to basically make a claim to be the right wing back for Ireland if we do need one when, which we will um, in some of the there's some of his performance for Derby and like there, there was question marks going that maybe he needed to improve on the ball um, but he was really playing well in that spell earlier on in the year yeah and listen it, it attracts interest doesn't it but like Dan said I think I don't agree with Rooney coming out and criticising him I think just leave him mm. you know he's only a kid trying to make his way in the game just leave him I, I agree a little bit about the timing of it was just a bit off when you're when you're fighting relegation and everybody's in it together and everybody's making sacrifices which they're yeah. aware I, don't, I think they could have sat on the announcement a little bit yeah. longer than yeah. they should have so if I'm a manager in that case I'd be, I'd be looking around thinking he's not with us here to try and get out then what happens is it just becomes a little bit of a deflection where they'll have a pop on him now his attitude's not great we're, we're still fighting to get results and Derby are in it together and I think I think Rooney's just sort of being a little bit clever here where it just takes something else to talk about. But I do think, I agree with Dan a, a lot of it. The timing of it is poor, but I also think there might be something going on underneath it that you might see him end up at Watford in a couple of years. Yeah, I, th I think as well, it's one of those where like you're saying, oh, he could be the starting wing-back and stuff. And it's a bit like Obafemi, you just have to be... You have to you need to be patient with these. Yeah, you have as well. to be. Like, I mean, Obafemi's, sorry, um, Everselli's be so different to Matt Doherty. Like, yeah. you're so yeah. different, like, mm. completely different. So, it's just two completely different types of players in that position. So, Dan, will like, you play, I will see play it, like, 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 Matt Doherty's a, Matt Doherty's a starter at Spurs. They're a top six oh, yeah. team. Like, will he play? Everselli would be picked ahead of Matt Doherty. Will he play, will he play Udinese that he's going to get the game time that he did in the Championship? Oh, no, my point is Doherty's, like, Doherty's out for the. No, no, no. But he's not. So, like, Doherty's been arguably he's Kenny's best player yeah. I feel like so um, you're gonna, you're, even your strikers like the young strikers trying to make their way mm. they're, they're, they're going out on loan they're trying to play games they, to try, they're probably going out on loan because they think I need to be playing to get into the Ireland squad which is they're, they're, they could be happy sitting at premiership clubs Troy Parrott could be sitting at Spurs Connolly should, could be sitting at Southampton or, and, or sorry Brighton and you're thinking I, I could sit here and take a wage but I want to get I want to there's a chance for me to play in the Ireland squad so I'm going to go out on loan we need to be patient with them as well Gray mentioned Udinese James Abanqua of St. Pat's going that direction as well we're going to talk a little bit um, in the last uh, half hour about um, League of Ireland starlets coming through and what happened last night but damn we got to talk about this Paul Scholes I had a quick chat with Jesse Lingard the other day I'm sure he won't mind me saying the dressing room was just a disaster now this is just kind of broken I mean and Rani, speaking of broken, uh, Ralph Raniak then has the, the context is that Ralph Raniak has, has now referenced this in post-match press conference today that he was asked uh, something about the dressing room and he said you'll have to ask Jesse Lingard about that so oh my god that's, that's more like uh oh how broken is this I mean it's, ah, it's extremely broken I, I, to be honest I think it's poor from everybody I mm. think it's poor from Jesse Lingard I think it's really poor from Paul Scholes like I said to you I, 
I can speak to players. You know, I speak to players walking up a hill now. It's a little oh plug. yeah, you yeah. just want to give that little plug. A plug. <laughs> we clear the head. I do that where I go and speak to players. There's things they that we speak about that I'd never talk mm. to you about. It's mm. Nobody's business. Mm. And 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 you need to keep that. And and Scholes is a pundit, but obviously has the ear of a couple of players. But you can't go and share that publicly. Like, cause now you're just bringing now look, and that's the thing with United at the minute. And something Ten Hag have to has to deal with. You're gonna have a lot of ex players that go, "Oh, Ferguson didn't do this, so we had this and we had that." You're like, yeah, but that's moved on now. That's the irony of a chain. You've scores and the the, the the fella I mentioned the first half to show Roy Keane who are on about like what's wrong with Man United. Not necessarily. Um, they haven't necessarily achieved massive things as managers themselves. Paul Scholes obviously had a brief spell at Oldham, and he thinks it's fit for him to say this. Yeah, Paul Scholes, it's amazing It's amazing the difference between your perception of a fella while he was a player and a perception of a fella since he, he's retired as a player. I mean, Paul Scholes was just absolutely brilliant as a player at just letting his football do the talking, wasn't he? Just gets, gets his head down and, and was consistently brilliant for United. And since he's come out of that role, he just just comes across as a bit of a I don't know what the word I'm allowed to use on air really Johnny is but he wouldn't be my, my cup of tea as a fella that's for sure Um, so he wouldn't so it's it's no surprise that he's come out like he's what a hatchet job he's done there like there's absolutely no need for that whatsoever absolutely and he knows what he's doing too like that's not just a an off the cuff remark I'd say he's you know he, he has reasons why he wanted to stick the knife in there and it's just scandalous scandalous yeah I wouldn't mm. I don't think you can ever cross that over because you're, you're you're hurting your own football club. I don't think he'd mind me saying this. I think was his was his. Yeah, word. but I think he do. I, well, I, I'd say Jesse Lingard. Who would mind him saying? Paul Scholes says I'm sure he won't mind me saying, and I'm quoting the United. Said, you said you said Jesse Lingard wouldn't mind. Yeah, Jesse as in Paul Scholes says, I'm sure Jesse won't mind me saying this. Scandalous, honestly. How the hell? Like you're bringing what? your own football club it? down. Like mm. why would you do that? You, 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 these people profess to love the football club, but the, then they bring it down from within. I don't get that. Like. Shane, the, the, the hierarchy of the dressing room as well. Like, how how does this work? Because um, you, you've obviously your captain, but you've different personalities. You've you've different. You've you've players who they're a long time. Players who are coming in. Players who might think they're bigger than us. Like, it must be seriously important to get that right. Yeah, the character. Look, it doesn't matter who's wearing the armband, Johnny. It's it's the character of the big voices within that dressing room. It's the character of your 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 alpha males um, and probably also how those alpha males get on with each other because um, obviously quite often there can be there can be conflict there. You could have two huge personalities. If you've got two huge personalities but those personalities are 100 percenters as I call them, fellas who are, you know, looking to do the best for the club all the time, um, well then, happy days. But if you've got two personalities where one is and one isn't or they both aren't, um, which can often can well be the case as well. Um, and that's why, look, Graham being the same boat, I'm sure, like the amount of the amount of research that you have to do around the personality of a fella. And you need to get multiple, multiple opinions because you have to bear in mind, you ask anybody for their opinion on somebody and there is a hell of a chance they might have a little bit of an agenda yeah. in terms of how, in terms of the feedback they give you. The other thing they're going to give you, Johnny, is they're going to give you their feedback on what that person was like under certain circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you could have a fella whose attitude is absolutely brilliant. Absolutely, you could have a manager tell you, yeah, listen, I had him. He was absolutely brilliant. What a fantastic fella. Attitude is superb. Yeah, that's because he was starting week in, week out for you. 
And okay, now I need to talk to another fella where maybe he wasn't a regular starter and see, you know, what's his personality like under those circumstances. So you have you have to do a huge, huge amount. Look, it, it'll make you or, or break you. It made me when I was at Wexford. It arguably broke me when I was at Galway. So it, it will. It'll, it'll make you or break you. You have to, you know, no, no amount of research on the personality type of, of, of people is enough. I, I think that's fascinating. I know you're talking about League of Ireland, League of Ireland First Division in some instances, but, you know, the, the, the same thing applies. And Man United's so bereft of leaders and you only nearly had to look at like the Thiago and Salah interview after the game the other day where the two of them are joking Liverpool I don't know what it is about their players they've leaders but they've, they've this kind of humility as well where they want to satisfy the club they, they, they want to play for the club these lads are multi multi-millionaires I mean I don't know how like how do they even live normal lives Salah one of the most recognised people on the planet and they just come across as good lads that actually do want to play football and, and do their best yeah, it goes back to it. That, that that comes from the top down as well, doesn't yeah. it? I yeah. Mean, you know, like Klopp, Klopp, Klopp is, 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 I know it's a bit of a fancy phrase, you know, but they, they talk about cultural architects. I mean, he is, he is the perfect example of a supreme cultural architect. It's hard to imagine, it really is hard to imagine there ever being a crap dressing room where he is the manager. It's, it's just so hard to imagine it, both in terms of it, say he gets the recruitment spot on. And even if you're, not exactly 100% or even if there's question marks over you coming in I bet he has a way of turning you into the kind of person that you need to be Graham yeah like you said he, the thing what I, what I see with Liverpool is they want to impress your teammates you know what I mean you don't want to let your teammates down that was the biggest thing in the good dressing rooms I was in it was you, you wanted to impress your teammates you want your teammates to know that you were in it with them and like I said to you I, I, that, that stuff like that with United annoys me because um, the class of '92, so good for Man United, brilliant, and and what that, and even what Gary Neville's trying to do for Man, uh, the city of Manchester is brilliant. Mm. But then you have stuff like that where you're thinking you're purposely trying to drag the club down a little bit, and you're meant to be all for the club, and that's the bit, that's the hypocrisy of the skull stuff that frustrates me is that you never try and you never try and harm the club you're with or, or bring down the team you're with and when I hear people even Jesse talking Jesse Lingard talking about it you don't see that at other clubs you don't see a Man City you don't see it there you know if there's anybody that Guardiola isn't sure of at Man City he has the power to go right out you go and I agree a little bit with what Dan said earlier Ranyek's been handed this and he's seen everything going on and he, but he's not in a position to maybe fix it because he, like that he, everybody knew he was on an interim Ten Hag's been announced yeah. but even this coming out Jesse Lingard should have left the club two years ago if he didn't want to sign his new contract he went out and loan there's no money left in Jesse Lingard at the moment he's going to leave for nothing they should have sold him off the back of his loan move last year and, and cashed in on him and made a few bob and said you know what you're not at the club anymore um, Dan's phone gone off there obviously reminds me of Roy Keane um, but Dan do we have anything to offer I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to I was to, actually just go. trying to check some League 1 scores and, <laughs> and it all went badly wrong um, it is actually getting very that's excited that's a fine that's it's a getting defo. very excited in, in fairness I didn't, I didn't want to say necessarily Randick was out of his depth but like when you when you think of the problems this manager of yeah. first world problems of course the, the, the problems Dan that whoever comes in Ten Hag will come in He's the, it's, it's just a myriad of issues for anyone to come in and this is just the latest Ah, it's just nonsense, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah. like you'd always like so much of the Manchester United stuff that you're talking about is just, it's just embarrassing stuff. And like it just goes to show. I mean, the lads have worked in the in the football industry that, like people probably assume, okay, you might operate at a slightly, you know, you can operate at a, a, a modest level, say, where the money isn't great, and okay, you you expect that maybe things happen that, you know, you wouldn't expect to happen at the highest level. But like this is like a. 
you know, the, one of the biggest clubs in the world with some of the highest paid players in the world. And yet, like, it's a sort of an embarrassing soap mm. opera mm. that would sort of play out in, like, it could play out in, like, a junior football WhatsApp group. Right, yeah. mm. You know, oh, Jesus, yeah, her training was shocking the other day. Mm. You know, except this is, like, Paul Scholes, uh, a legend, saying a, on a BT global Sport. media outfit or whatever. I think it was the zone he set it on, and then it ends up, it's managed to get brought back. So, like, it really goes to show that you, you, you might think that at the highest end of the game, behind the curtain, like, it's all magic with all these wonderfully intelligent intellectual people you know crafting some grand plans when actually a lot of the time it can be as chaotic wonder, as it can be anywhere else a wonderfully intelligent person uh, crafting a grand plan is Damien Duff uh, who uh, Dan got a video of getting sent off last night if you're not into the League of Ireland um, Damien Duff just might get you into it we'll hear from Damien Duff we'll go to the ads uh, after Damien Duff and we will react to it after that and that's, listen, that's what I'll keep saying. I think I said it to you in the press yesterday, Gavin. Like, the one thing we're going to be this year, and I want the fans on board, is together. You can see how much it means to me, the staff, the players, what they're leaving on the pitch tonight. I ain't doing this for a jolly up this year. This club means the world to me. It's the only club I'm ever going to manage in the, in the League of Ireland, probably because I'll be wrecked at the end of it. But I said, this is my club, and it will forever be my club. And the fans being amazing. We go away to Bally Buffet next week. Let's go. How many get, goes up there? I don't know. And then when we get back, obviously hopefully do the business uh, next Friday. And when we get back home in front of our home fans, let's start winning games and climbing this table. Yeah, you're welcome back. Just over the um, over the ads there, Graham Gartland said that he and Paul Doonan were like um, a divorced couple and that me and Dan were like a married couple because we were out so much. And I'm the subservient soon, soon one. To be I'm the subservient one in the relationship because, just because he pleaded that we should have done it after the ads rather than before the ads so he could react out of it. Here's Jamie Duff again. <laughs> And that's, listen, that's what I'll keep saying. I think I said it to you in the press yesterday, Gavin. Like, the one thing we're going to be this year, and I want the fans on board, is together. You can see how much it means to me, the staff, the players, what they're leaving on the pitch tonight. I ain't doing this for a jolly up this year. This club means the world to me. It's the only club I'm ever going to manage in the, in the League of Ireland, probably because I'll be wrecked at the end of it. But I said, this is my club, and it will forever be my club. And the fans being amazing. We go away to Bally Buffet next week. Let's go. How many goes up there? I don't know. And then when we get back, obviously hopefully do the business uh, next Friday. And when we get back home in front of our home fans, let's start winning games and climbing this table. Dan, this is just box office stuff. Well, just the context of this was, because not everyone may be aware that they, they lost last night to Lundahl. He got sent off. He got sent off. The first red card of his um, of his of his senior career. Um, everyone so we, is aware. So, so everyone had, knows about David. So we had to uh, he had to spend the second half sort of in the in the stand in Oriel Park, sort of with probably Dundalk fans around them. Um, they lose. They you know they got back level. Um, with a penalty but it was sort of a contested penalty and then they concede straight away from across to lose the game so when I went down from the sort of uh, onto the pitch I saw that he was chatting to Gavin White the Shells press officer and you know the way you watch someone in an interview and he was like getting really into it and the visual is part of it like you can play the audio but he was like really pumped up and and I was like, oh, well, this is going to be, uh, this is going to, be, this is like box office stuff here. And I was hoping he'd come straight over to like the, the sort of press lads, but then he went off after that to talk to his staff. And by the time he came back over to talk to us, he was a li- he'd mellowed down a small bit, and he he chose his words very carefully about the referee and last night. He sort of he said, if I thought that was the worst performance I'd ever seen, if if I did, 
um, I can't say anything anyway. Um, but he was he was he was um, decidedly pumped up. But I have to say there is this whole thing about Duff. Like, and I, you know, you post up something about Damien Duff on uh, say social media, and it is striking like the the amount of traffic it does generate, mm. the opinions that he does stir. And and I know maybe some people in the league are like, why do you keep going on about Damien Duff? But it's like lads, it's because it generates interest. And oh, that's class. Uh, the amount of people who sort of are, are, they have it in their head that oh no, he's going to get sick of this, he's going to jack it in I just don't think that's the case at all I, I really don't believe that's the case and like even that interview he's he is fired up and he's sort of in the zone and yes he may at times be irrational and I'm, I mean he may say this is the only club I'm going to manage in the league I mean who knows like I'm sure I'm sure he would have said a couple of years ago I'm never going to manage in the league and he's ended, you know so that's one of those things that you say and the, and the lads know it like you're pumped up after a game when you've been in, you know, in, immersed in, in a sort of a, an emotional game it's when you're at your most so, vulnerable to say something a bit Shane, sort of wild Shane, you know? Shane obviously there are reasons for the, the spike of interest in the League of Ireland massive increase in crowds which has more or less maintained partly to my mind it's how good the quality of the football is partly it's stuff like this Yeah it is look Johnny it's an absolute match made in heaven really when you think about it because it's the most quotable guy in the league at the moment and the most interesting guy in the league at the moment just happens to be the guy who is also by a million miles the most high profile person in the league um, so it, it, it's it's fantastic it's fantastic for all of us who take an interest in it and, and people who have to write column inches and, and, and fill radio shows because he's just given us constant constant stuff to chat about um, and he's engrossing he's absolutely engrossing like I, I look I, I was never a player but but I, I find it hard to believe that there's many players out there who wouldn't absolutely love to experience what working under him is like and what being in his dressing room is like because a because of who he is and and because of the experience he's he's had but b because you're 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 listening to him you're looking at the passion I'm the same as Dan when when that link was sent through to me we were chatting so I clicked on the link and couldn't turn on the sound so I was looking at Duff's head going and twisting and the passion in his eyes and I was like oh jeez I couldn't wait for a break so that I could actually listen to what was being said so even without the words you're you're looking at the 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 intensity, I suppose. Intensity is the word probably that probably best describes kind of everything that you're seeing and with, with, with Duff at the moment. And I think I'm not saying I'm I'm genuinely not saying that I think he'll get it right based on, you know, he's too big of a name not to get it right or because of his playing profile or anything like that. I just think he, he there's an intelligence behind all that passion. Um you tell you speak to anybody in the FAI and how impressed they were with him during the coaching badges and all of that. This is not just a guy who who likes a rant. There's an intelligence behind all of that. Um and then uh, I, I just think he's the sort of player the person that players are, are, are gonna want to die for, you know? Totally. What impression did he make at Rovers? Um I think he just brought an enthusiasm to when he was trying and like he just the the stuff he demands is probably what you think should be given but it's not like you know just in enjoying hard work and bringing that intensity to training but to be honest we were all trying to bring that as well as ex-players as well and he just came in and done it with his group and he probably had more time than most other people because that was what he was doing mm -hmm. um, we were trying to do a lot of other things he just had one team the other coaches that were at the club at the time were probably working as well so that's why he was able to do the morning sessions as well and things like that but just that the, the clip just 
comes across like he's trying to rally the club here that they've, mm. they've, they've suffered two big defeats um, not big defeats in terms of the, the Bohemians was a big one they lost at home to Bowes they've gone away to, to Dundalk and they've lost 2-1 they've conceded in the last five minutes He's not leading by example though getting sent off for something like that either you know because at the same time Shells have had um, you know they've had a red card in the game he, he probably shouldn't be getting sent off and maybe he, maybe he'll say he didn't I'm the, la- I'm the last person going to ever criticise someone getting sent <laughs> off here but um, I think he's trying to bring that Any red cards in your career? Uh, so I don't too many um, as a coach or a, as, uh, as a coach actually you're, yeah. I'd say you're plastic enough coach you yeah? no got two two in Scotland oh, that's not too bad one rescinded yeah. okay League of Ireland is probably about that'll be about 12 with the way referees <laughs> yeah, kind of exactly. they'll probably be actually booked. tone it down this yeah, year on the that discussion as well yeah. that, that's, it just comes across like he's trying to rally everybody to say listen and even all the naysayers that say he might leave he's saying no I'm not leaving I'm not going anywhere and then like Dan said he probably goes a little bit over the top saying I'm never leaving this club and this is yeah, the club for Dan, me I, I, I love how relatable he is as well because like Stephen O'Donnell says Monday you know he comes in and there's none of this like I'm, I'm, I'm above this he talks about like you know having a glass red wine in the south of France he talks about well, that, that, you'd love that because that's, uh, that's what wouldn't. you would do on a weekend to be honest he, he, yeah. well, that's why you weren't here a couple of weeks ago he talks yeah. about he talks yeah. about baristas he talks about Johnny, daft you talk about baristas yeah, yeah. property about, yeah you talk, talk about that as well, well I'm not yeah. sure about that. he talks about yeah. daft he talks about not paying 7 euro for uh, to watch uh, he's relatable despite the fact that he's obviously a multi-millionaire or whatever yeah, but like as I said I can understand why maybe people within the league who are like well there's plenty of other talented people in the league we should be talking about and I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about sort of Bowes Rovers and other storylines. Well, there aren't many players but, in the but, League of Ireland well, who are Ireland's, admit, one of Ireland's best the, ever players. I just don't understand this. So there's a sort of a psychological study to be done in, um, you know, people who say the league needs more attention. You know, it, you know, big league fans who are like, you know, we need more people watching the league. It's a disgrace. It's ignored. And Duff comes in like, Asher, ah, sure, he'll be off in no time. He doesn't. He thinks he's too good for us. <laughs> it's like, sort yourself out. Go and talk to someone about that. You know, like the what you, there is many reasons you can criticise him, but this whole line that people are trying I think he's too big for the league or he's above it I just don't get that at all at all I'm not no, hearing that, that's not I'm fair not, no. I'm not hearing that from anyone and you know Graham and Shane like, if that was the case you'd, you'd know it you'd hear it no, you know? And, and there's been managers who've come in say from outside the league or overseas and you might hear that maybe their attitude towards the league could be questionable yeah. I haven't heard a single word about that about Duff Brian Laws Brian so Laws Brian Laws Shamrock Rovers oh. not great no no he's just had that type of mentality that you yeah. thought what's going on here yeah. um, um, of course John Sheridan was called out although I think completely wrongly I think John Sheridan was just slagging sure one of these players that, like Brian, yeah. Law, Brian, remember Brian Laws is a typical sort of old English manager ring on his little finger you know one of those and just had that <laughs> like ah, what's like you could hear the odd little comment where you go he he's not having this at all um, but I can't I can't I wouldn't label that a dame you know no, I, 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 I don't, and I'm even Joe that. like listen these lads have all coached their underage where it wasn't considered yeah of a, course a they're team. living and breathing the game we, you know I mean? we, we have a text in um, I'm not sure if we have um, the sender yet but love Damien Duff want to see him succeed at Chelsea that's that said, Damien surely needs to calm down a bit. One wonders if Damien's temperament is suited to management. That's actually an interesting point because um, he did get sent off last night. Let's keep on the League of Ireland team, um, Shane. The performance of Jack Byrne on Monday night. Um, you know, you watch League of Ireland. You just you look at levels and some of the stuff he did, particularly his pass for the goal that Danny Mondroyo scored, continued it right into the, the first half of the game against Bohemians last night. And you're banging the drum for him to be in the Ireland squad. 
I, well, I, I just, for me, Johnny, there's no argument in, you, you, you use the word levels. Like, he's just, I don't see how anybody could claim that he's not on a different level than every other player in the league. And that's, again, that's not in any way. We've got some fantastic players in the league. We've got some, you know, for want of a better way of describing it, we've got some absolutely brilliant nine out of ten players in this league. But if if, if the rest are nine, if the rest of our best are nine out of ten, well, then Jack, it must be 11 out of ten because he's, he's, a, he's a step or two ahead of anybody else. Um, look, he was the last time round. Took a little bit of time to get going this time round. You you could argue, but in in recent games, he's just been outstanding. He's just a class class act. I, I just love his creativity. He wants the ball. I I still think he needs to strike the balance a little bit better in terms of how often he goes deep looking for it. I I still think maybe he's going deep looking for it slightly too often. I can understand why he's the main man. He wants to be on the ball all the time. And when you're playing against packed defences, sometimes you have to go deeper looking for it. But the moments of magic we always get from him are in that final third. And and maybe at, at times he just needs to accept, okay, I'll stay here in and around here for the next 15 minutes and get four balls instead of going deeper in, and, and getting eight balls. But when he's on it, there's nobody else in, in the league that can do what he can do. There's nobody else that can even see it, see the passes that he sees, never mind pull them off, throw in the set piece stuff on top of that. And the bit that maybe gets a little bit look, overlooked, Johnny, is I, I don't think he lets you down for work rate off the ball either. Like no. anytime I watch him, he's he's constantly ratting around the place and getting after people and he's a pest. Like he's a pest in the best way in the best way possible. Um so I, I look it's just a pity that there's no European games between now and and the next Ireland get together where he could again show his his mm. um his talent at that level and maybe completely answer any questions that people might have about him. But if he continues in this form between now and, and June games, I'd be saying, I, I I don't care. Get get him back in and let's try and get a look at him back in an Ireland jersey over the course of those four games. Graham. Yeah, I, I done the I done the commentary on the game on Monday for the Dundalk game and I thought I thought the second half I, I thought the holder overs came out with a higher tempo and he, he especially Jack it was like probably his performance in the first half against Bowles was, was excellent as well um, and I spoke to him about his back injury was probably a lot more severe yeah. than people thought it was and and, uh, and having had uh, that's probably what finished me is that you lose that power and ability to turn and you, and and that little yard that you and Jack had a lot quicker than me but I, I, that's where Jack I remember talking to him about it when I, when I done the talk with him and it was one of the things he touched on a lot he found he had it going over and he probably failed his medical he said originally and then they, they got it through and then obviously Mick lost his mm. job but mm. he had had it a while so it has taken him a little bit to, to get going, but his pass during the night is unbelievable. The way to pass, it's if it's too slow, it's cut out. If it's too fast, the keeper gets it. It actually slows up as Danny's hitting it. It's tremendous. But once once he gets his awareness and his vision and, and that up and running, he's a wonderful player, a wonderful technician. And he actually likes players coming towards him, and then he's looking for runners after that. So he'll bounce a little one too, and then he's looking for runners beyond. But we do need somebody like that that, that, that can be creative and open the door. And as he said as well, when I was talking to him, he feels that's his job. He feels his job to come to the team is to make chances and create scoring opportunities. And like, you know, we were talking about the difference between defenders and he's like, defenders are there to keep clean sheets. It's my job to create chances and, and that's what I'm going out on the pitch to do. And uh, I, will never, I will never not play a pass I, I see because that's my job in the team, which is a great attitude to have as well. Mm. Dan? Is how realistic is it? Um, as I read out a tweet, I'd Dan like to see. I'd like to see him around it. 
Dan yeah. and Johnny are the best duo since Mick McCarthy and Mike Keane. Um, <laughs> don't know who sent that text in, but um, not and prob- my, and my, I'm not sure who and I, I am. And by the way, just to clarify, my confirmation name, my family don't even know what it is, so I can't even answer That's that. That's a bit mad. Yeah, I know. It's uh, Dan. Well, it put, get, it, yeah. it Start a poll to see what it should be. <laughs> 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 it's not going to be Johnny anyway. Old. Dan Old McDonald. It's not going to be Johnny. We're running out of That's time, but Dan, very bad joke from Graham there, to be fair. Very, very briefly. Very briefly, I think Jack, to get back in an Ireland squad, I do sort of see where Shane's coming from. I think he probably needs to play a European run in the summer with a view to September. I think that's probably his best chance, in my opinion. I just can't see it happening for the summer, but I could be wrong. Yeah, um, we are running out of time. Um, There's a full-time Norwich nil, Newcastle United 3. It's into junk time at the Etihad Stadium, Manchester City 5, Watford 1. Looks like it's going to end up Leicester City nil, Aston Villa nil. We're into the fourth minute of injury time there. Um, I I should mention the championship as well. Bournemouth have lost or are losing at home to Fulham, even though Fulham are already up. So any Nottingham Forest fans out there will be getting excited because all of a sudden the door to them, the door to automatic promotion, for them is sort of open. He's done a good job since Yeah, Steve there. Cooper, yeah. yeah. So the door is, is opening for them. Yeah, they were up and down a lot, weren't they? Yeah, and Rotherham have looked like they're going to win as well. So they're in control of their destiny ahead of MK Dons. So. Yeah, and that would be a massive win if Troy they were to, assist. to beat Oxford. Uh, Troy Parrott's forms has been brilliant. Hopefully, we'll be talking a lot more about him um, t- as the year develops. And uh, yeah, as we mentioned, Obafemi scoring first, uh, Swansea as well. So um, we hope you enjoyed the show today. Um, brought to you by Sky. Don't miss uh, Chelsea versus versus uh, West Ham on uh, Super Sunday live in Sky Sports I should mention as well um, in terms of Sunday on Off the Ball with Owen presenting um, we'll have the pay-per-view with Tim McCarthy and uh, Kieran O'Reilly at 11.30am 2pm um, Premier League commentary live Chelsea v West Ham uh, Steve O'Doyle and Vinnie Perth um, 4.30pm we'll have live Premier League commentary from Nathan and Brian Kerr Liverpool v Everton and our GA reporters throughout the day uh, for the big games Tommy Walsh will be at Tip and Clare Colin Boyle uh, at Mayo versus Galway. Uh, thanks, Will, for coming in, lads. No hassle, Johnny. Thanks very much, Johnny. And uh, yeah, we shall. Uh, What's your confirmation name? Um, Robert. Yeah, I was going to go with Duncan, which was possibly <laughs> after Duncan Ferguson. Um, but I just, <laughs> I think I went to my teacher tomorrow's TV oh and I was like, I'm thinking God. of going with Duncan. And he's like, Duncan. What? Duncan. PJ and Duncan are. Uh, yeah, that's you yeah. too. Yeah. That was off the ball Saturday. <laughs> <laughs>